Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast from the three handsomest men you know in the entire world. I'm Ben and with me here today is Dave. What's up, Dave? Good, I'm good. Good evening. Good good afternoon. Good morning. I don't know what time you're listening, but hi. How you doing? Hi. I'm well so were you talking to me when you said good evening or to everyone else? No, I was just being considerate because I you know, I, I I'd like to say good evening, because for us it's good evening, but it, there's a good chance that, you know, when people are listening to this, they're not uh, it's not evening. It could be one of the other two times of the day. So. I mean, that's true. That's yeah. a valid. I mean, that is very considerate. You Canadians are actually considerate. It's true. I know. It, yeah. it took you this long to figure this out. It's been like seven <laughs> years, man. Seven years. Yeah. I haven't known you for seven years. Something like that. Eh, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll say it's, it's been. been a great whatever years, though. Uh, probably six, say. though. Yeah, yeah. probably six. Yeah, <laughs> that is almost seven. <laughs> that, is, that is one less. <laughs> well, shit, Dave. You're right. We've known each other longer than I thought. <laughs> Holy shit. Also, with me, uh, Bando Kaurizian, who I've also known for more than seven years. Absolutely. How's it going? It's going, man. Yeah. Living the dream. Living La Vida Loca? One would say that. <laughs> um, I wouldn't, but no. one would. No, I'm doing okay. A little bit tired today, but hey, what's new? Yeah, I I don't remember the last time we spoke and you did not tell me you were tired. <sighs> Do you think maybe you have some sort of like imbalance, like testosterone maybe? Maybe. Um, I don't know how testosterone would affect that. Yeah, virus. I would assume probably not that one. Mm-hmm. Imbalance probably. Yeah. Um, Like legitimately, maybe it's like a... Um, now, I'm also someone who is often tired. Yeah. But you tend to... um exude tiredness yeah whereas i just suppress it yeah and yeah no at night (laughs) no matter (laughs) no matter how much i sleep and naps it's just like a a constant gnawing problem yeah i probably didn't need enough of those flintstone vitamin gummies maybe that would be it Mm. um wait so here's the thing did you have flintstone gummies me personally because well just in your era which is only a couple years behind my era. But. I think they were still a calcium one. Okay, yeah, because yeah. when I was a kid, I remember those. We weren't, we, we did not have the means to afford them. I think we got, you know, generic ones. But I remember those things being like the nastiest tasting <laughs> things in the entire world. And I know that there are Flintstone gummies now, and I don't know if those children or adults who take the Flintstone vitamins understand just how good they have. Yeah, them. yeah, definitely. Um, the ones back in the day were like... Uh, what are those called? Sweet tarts, but worse. Just, oh, yeah. Just the pure, mm-hmm. just every yep. bit of the saliva in your mouth is sucked up with medicine-y garbage. They right? were just like um, Tums with sugar. 
Yeah. Yeah, for real. Now, Dave, it's surprising to me that you know what I'm talking about. I figured you guys would have had like, um, you know, some sort of maple syrup <laughs> related vitamins there in Canada. No, no, we had Flintstones. You had Flintstones? Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm the same as you. Like, I don't, I know what the gummies are, but we never had, actually had them. The other thing that like kids are, are quite lucky they don't have to experience um, is fluoride at the dentist. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, Wait, they don't do that anymore? That was the fucking worst. You still do something like that, but it's not to the level of discomfort that it was when we were kids where you would have to sit with that like weird mouth guard of goo in your mouth. Yeah. And like, I always remember being like this close to throwing up. Oh yeah. I don't know what it was. I guess it was a, like a gag reflex or something, which Dustin would be surprised. No works for me, but right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I spoke to like a, a, my dentist a little while ago and asked him, I was like, do you guys still do that? And they were like, no, 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 we have something different now, but yeah, Thank that God. is absolutely terrible. Here's terrible. something that's crazy. I had, uh braces when i was in like junior high i guess just on my top teeth but they gave me this uh this fluoride rinse to use because like you know your teeth get messed up looking wise whenever you have braces because part of them stay perfectly clean and the other parts of them don't and i remember them giving that to me and now like there's this whole movement that's like anti-fluoride and i don't really know or care to know about the specifics of that but i'm just like they were literally force feeding me <laughs> just fluoride in its raw form <laughs> as far as i'm aware and uh that probably explains a lot of the problems we have but one problem we don't have is uh awesome patrons and we have a uh, patreon over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom you can sign up there for as little as a dollar a month and support us uh, it's really about support. I mean, we give you the show a day early and ad free, um, but we appreciate those of you who support us there. You help. Uh, that we, I just paid the uh, hosting bill for the site and the the show and everything recently. That definitely pays for that. And um, one time we got a pizza at PAX, and I'm still not sure if Dustin paid himself for that. But either way, that was supposed to come out of Patreon. So like we do stuff like that. But um, regardless patreon.com slash handsome fan if you want to help support us for as little as a dollar a month add free early access we appreciate it and anybody can join our our discord over at handsomefandom.com slash discord hang out chill out relaxing to the max students of b-ball with the boys amen that's right tell us on discord how much you love the fluoride yeah the fluoride i know there's one sick motherfucker out there that got some sort of enjoyment out of it you think there's only strawberry God, they would they would like make you. They were like, "Oh, we got a new flavor of fluoride," and you think everything would be great, but it was just well, worse. Well, they're like, "What flavor would you like? Bubble gum? Oh, uh, uh, sh- uh, you, you know, mint?" And all of them are like, none of them sound good, but you, you know, they Penny, all are just pennies. so. Ugh. And then they just. That actually triggered me. I hadn't thought about exactly what you described in a very long time, <laughs> Dave. Um, but yeah, it was just a truly traumatizing experience. That's insane. That's insane. Hey, let's talk about Star Citizen. Sure. I don't know why, because this game is the game that just never ends. Uh, the story of it, at least. But this headline from Twinfinite says Star Citizen has been purchased by 1.7 million players. Playtime statistics and more revealed. And uh, I'm going to skip around this a little bit. But 
basically it says, while there is still a lot of content and features to be implemented, I'm not sure that's correct English, but before Roberts is ready to consider Star Citizen done, people are playing more than ever. The game has reached 50,000 average daily unique players this year, and there have been several times in which it has peaked at 130,000. This compares to just under 10,000 in 2017 and 32,000 last year. The average playtime play of players that log in in 2022 is three hours a day in comparison to 48 minutes in 2017, 64 in 2018, and two hours in 2019. In 2022 alone, players have spent 36 million hours in the game cumulatively. Uh, they have Cloud Imperium, who makes the makes the game, has 835 staff members worldwide, and 500 among that staff will be welcomed next week to a brand new studio in Manchester. Dave, Star Citizen, I don't think this is a game that I've heard you talk about before, but that's a lot of people to play a game that's not only this old, but not done. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those. I I, I think it was in Kickstarter, and yeah. it's it's been in beta for like ever. Um, and I I look at this game, and I've 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 read about it, and I've watched people play it, and it's it's so interesting that I I always wonder what it would have been like if No Man's Sky went this route in terms of launching, mm. where you know you tell everybody this isn't the final thing; it's going to be an evolving sort of you know, um, game and franchise and all that kind of stuff. But the star citizen story has been a really, really nice one. And, um, the fact that this many years on it's, it's gaining in popularity. It, it's, it's a nice thing to see. Um, one of my like go-to streamers earlier this year, spent a lot of time playing it and I was watching him and I, I kept thinking about getting into it, but it's, it's, it's a complex game. There's a lot of systems that you got to figure out, but at the same time, there's so many different things you can do. You can you can focus on like uh, combat. You can focus on like business and making money, uh, mining and selling stuff. So it's it's really an interesting game. Um, if you've ever been interested in Eve, but thought it was yeah. a little bit too intimidating, I think this might be something to check out. But um, yeah, I mean, I love seeing games like this where you know the the developers are forthright about what they're doing and and they see success and they have a really dedicated player base because that's that's what i think we're seeing with star citizen yeah brandon we don't you and i and probably dave too we don't really have the um what's the word i'm looking for capacity for patience that some of these people clearly have because although this game is playable it's been many years yeah that they since they like promised it and they forced some people to pay for it not forced but yeah and so uh I don't know. What do you think? Could you stick with a game for this long? And here's the other thing. 50,000 players. To put that in the context, like at its height, at its height, mm-hmm. a free-to-play game named Halo mm-hmm. Infinite was hitting like 30,000 players daily on Steam. Now, granted, you got Xbox and everything else involved. Sure, whatever. sure, sure. But that's a lot of people to be playing a game that's not done and has been around this long. It's not even brand new. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting to see how this game has progressed over the years. Um, A number that I actually recently saw the other day, I was just waiting for you guys to finish talking, but as of September 2022, this game has raised half a billion dollars. Yeah. Half a billion. So... With that kind of money and that kind of time, you would assume that this sort of thing would happen. Um, If not, people would start to fall off. But this game is incredibly ambitious. I've seen a ton of stuff about it online. I don't have a PC to play it, um, but it looks like the people that love this game absolutely adore this game. And I think that that money hopefully will go towards the right things. I know you said they had. I'm sure most of it's already spent. Right. They're they're continuing to make money, but yeah. But. 
I just hope that in the end it is worth the half a billion dollar investment everyone's put in it. Um, but glad to see people are still enjoying it. I mean, obviously, if the player count is going up on a game that's this old, that's a good sign. Um, that means they're obviously doing something to improve the game. You would hope <laughs> with that kind of money flowing in. Um, but no, I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm surprised it isn't out at this point. I I'm not familiar with exactly what they want to achieve prior to release, but it seems as if the community is pretty happy. I mean, I haven't, I've seen a lot about star citizen, but I've never seen complaints. I haven't sought them out, but, but I see stuff about it often and it's never people complaining. So yeah, the only thing I see about people complaining is that it's not done yet, but I'm right, but you're playing it. Sure. So Definitely, definitely, like, obviously, in terms of scale, like, an insanely ambitious project. And, you know, projects like this often need a lot of time and a lot of money, as we've seen No Man's Sky just, you know, rise from the ashes. But it seems like, whereas No Man's Sky rose from the ashes, this game kind of was in an okay spot. And it just seemed to get better, which I guess is a better place to be in than No Man's Sky was. But, yeah, props to them. I don't know. I, th- I feel like they should definitely release soon at some point i mean it hasn't been long enough um you know even if you want to continue to support the game that's perfectly fine but i think uh it would continue the fans uh assuredness if you know there actually was a you know a full 1.0 release right so all right well that's enough star citizen shit who cares no i'm just kidding a lot of people (laughs) care apparently uh this comes from cnbc it says meta ceo mark zuckerberg um the Zuck. The Zuck is what, you know, that's how we know. Sweet baby race. Right. Debuts MetaQuest Pro VR headset that will cost $1,500. Jesus. And I want to talk a little bit about this headset and VR in general, but then I want to talk about it in relation to PSVR 2. So be thinking about that um, as we go. Uh, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg said on Tuesday that his company's newest virtual reality headset, dubbed the MetaQuest Pro, will cost $1,500 and start shipping on October 25th. That's soon. That's sooner than I realized. Zuckerberg debuted the device at Meta's Connect conference geared toward VR and augmented reality developers. The new headset costs $1,100 more than MetaQuest 2's headset and contains new technologies like an advanced mobile Snapdragon computer chip developed with Qualcomm that helps the device produce more advanced graphics. The Quest Pro has also improved touch controllers that contain embedded sensors, allowing for better hand tracking and new lenses for improved reading experiences. The new headset contains some mixed reality features that can blend elements of the virtual with the physical world. Zuckerberg has touted that it is an important feature in the creation of the metaverse, which refers to digital worlds that people can access via VR and AR headsets. Of course, they're not using the phrase (laughs) that we all expect them to use of the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, Also, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella got in on this and said... Uh, he appeared during the online event and discussed a partnership with Meta intended to bring some of his company's work collaboration apps to Quest VR devices. Of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but there's the Microsoft uh, Office apps. Um, of course, they're going to be bringing Xbox Cloud Gaming, Xbox Cloud Gaming as well to the the not only the Quest Pro but also the Quest Two, from what I understand. And I believe that the um, Microsoft apps will be there as well. So, Brandon, yeah. You're not super interested in VR. <laughs> no, I really. No. But this is a device that seems to be, of course, there's going to be game consumers sure. and, and enthusiasts who get this. Yeah. And that's fine. But right. the, the main drive seems to be more on business mm. oriented things. Sure. But it doesn't seem, and and seem is the key word because I haven't 
used it myself, like it's going to diminish a VR game playing experience either. And since that's really what we're targeting right. here on the show, I don't know. What do you think about a $1,500 consumer device? It's a professional model. Yeah. In the light of everything else, all the other VR stuff out there. I don't know that this is the best play for Facebook. Um, I... Meta. Meta. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've lost all confidence in them, period. So anytime Zuckerberg or his cronies make any decision, <laughs> I feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the stuff we're seeing about the metaverse, I'm just going to dip into this real fast, is it's very, very bad. I mean, we've seen pathetic screenshots. Um, you know, what was that? The Verge, I think, or CNET or someone was reporting some of the higher ups at Meta don't even use the software very often because it's so buggy and they can barely use it. Like we're seeing concerning things from the company period. And it's funny how you mentioned that they didn't directly come out and talk about the metaverse here. Right. I wonder if they're trying to keep the spotlight off of the the stinking turd in the corner. Well, probably. And, and just to cut in there, Apple recently actually I think Tim Cook, Tim Apple, uh, as we know him, sure. made a statement that they were intentionally not using the word metaverse because yep. of the negative connotation. Yep. I'm sure there's nothing to do with their direct competitor also <laughs> using uh, that phrase pretty often. But anyway, right. I digress. But um, I guess this is good. Um, we've seen a couple more premium type headsets you know the one from valve was pretty expensive compared to some of its other other counterparts yeah, it's about a thousand bucks so not out of the realm of possibility i think this is going to be good for like the turbo consumer but i think that this sort of thing isn't going to be used by businesses even if it's a business model i think that the delusions is what i'm trying to say of facebook are kind of catching up to it a little bit right i think that there'll be certain users that will love this right the people that want the top of the line maybe people developing in vr will be able to utilize this a bunch i mean that kind of seems like that sense but i think that in some way facebook wants everybody to be wearing one of these at a, and having a virtual meeting well, <laughs> and that's not exactly yeah. like that's the reality they want based on the commercials I've seen them push, but it's just not that. So as far as gaming goes, I think this is something good that's going to push the boundaries of VR. Um, I like I said, I don't think it's going to be for most people, though. Right. Uh, much like, you know, the Valve one wasn't either. Dave, uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of the Quest Pro. But it's a very it looks very slim. You don't have that big bulky thing sticking out the front of your face anymore. And something Brandon said about like, you know, they seem to be targeting businesses and having virtual business meetings with everybody in there. I remember back when the original Connect came out for the 360, one of the things they pushed was that you could do talk shows in VR and have your avatar be there and you'd be you'd be on the connect, you know, moving your arms and stuff and the and the the pictures on the screen. And I'm like, if you have a camera in front of you, why not just do a regular talk show? Whatever. Anyway, do you see this being used in an office setting or anything like that? I mean, you know, you're way off in a distant land in Canada. Maybe they do things differently there. Um, could you see <laughs> virtual meetings happening in VR? Um, I, I think so. Uh, so, where I work, we actually buy quests for uh, development. I worked closely for the past year with um, the ARVR lab at, at the college I work at. Um, so when you first said, you know, the price tag and it's called Pro, I just thought, okay, this is for like development purposes or something like that. But if they're if they're clearly going after, you know, a a business clientele, then um, 
the price tag doesn't seem to be as um, as much of an issue as if this was a purely consumer device. Um, because also working at a place where we're in this awkward um, phase between returning to work and remote work, and people really want to work remotely, but everybody feels disconnected from the people they work with, depending on how this whole meta thing plays out, um, this could be an interesting sort of middle ground for larger organizations to kind of address that issue. Um, businesses are trying to blur their lines uh, geographically a lot more. Um, you know, we talk about development studios having multiple studios around the world. If you could make people feel like they were in the same room working together, then, you know, that that really helps productivity and, and creativity and things like that. So I think there might be a, a spot for this, um, especially in business. That what I'm curious about is um, we don't know a lot about what this metaverse thing is, but I, I suspect it will be something that really blurs the lines between video games, which we talk about every week, and real life commerce. Um, I suspect that this is the sort of thing that's going to be, um, you know, maybe a catalyst for that, that really helps push the metaverse and, and make people realize that this is a really cool thing. If you like video games, um, but you want to make money played in cryptocurrency or something, then businesses can also exist inside this. So, um, but the problem is, is as Brandon, you were saying, like, we're going to look at this from a video game lens. So if we're seeing meta and it's looking like what the verge reported it as, nobody's going to buy into it. And I can damn like definitely like assure you that nobody's going to pay $1,500 for a headset. I get that you don't need this headset for that, but um, I think how meta actually plays out is going to, to, you know, show how successful something like this is going to be, but interesting stuff for sure. That's uh that's, it's a lot of money for a headset. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's shift to how that, you know, again, let's, let's strip back the discussion of it being more about business and talk about it being for gaming because obviously, you know, my feed, my timeline is mostly full of people in at least interested partially in gaming and especially on Twitter and discord and everything. And so of course all the reactions are about how this looks from a gaming perspective and, you know, Oh, they just raised the price and everybody was like, Oh, I'll just wait for the pro instead of paying the higher price for the regular one. And now of course, you know, that's not going to happen. So, but how does this affect PlayStation strategy and, or does it affect PlayStation strategy? Because again, it's not directly in the same field, but there is going to be a comparison there. Of course, uh, you got $1,500 versus an unknown price point, let's say somewhere between three and $700. I highly doubt the high end of that and the low end of that, but somewhere in between there is my guess. Dave, how do you think it affects like the field of what, what headset to pick when you're going for a gaming VR set? I don't think it does. Um, this is too much of an outlier for, you know, something like Sony or any other competitor, um, Valve, to, to look at this and, and really th feel threatened. I Again, I look at this and I think this is not strictly for gaming. This is for other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's too much of an outlier. I don't know how much they pushed, like the technical specs. Like, was this something that was positioned as like the next generation in VR gaming? I don't think yeah, it was. I think, I think so. I mean, okay. to some extent, just with the pro, the the pro label and also the design. I think um, I think VR has an interesting place in the future of technology, not just gaming, but I still think it's a niche complement add-on 
um, when you look at it strictly from a gaming standpoint. And $1,500, unfortunately, is just a little bit too much. So I don't think this is going to be a competitor strictly in the gaming lens. I think it's 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 got a different place where gaming can be a part of it. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think Sony and, and Valve are looking at this, um, in a negative way, but you know, we've got, uh, what was the one that everybody was buying last Christmas? The, the, uh, quest two or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one that's strictly for gamers. Um, yeah. but only time will tell, I suppose. And your nephews. Yeah. Yep. Who yep. apparently are not your nephews. They're your sisters <laughs> and I, your wife's I nephews. haven't heard them talk about it since last Christmas. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. My sister, on the other hand, loves it, but nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree with Dave. I, I think that as far as in relation to Sony and the PSVR 2, I feel like this is just so different. I feel like they've made it clear that this is in quotes, whether or not it is something that's pro and something that is not in the same realm as the typical headsets. At least that's the way it's being positioned via the price, via the name. Um, So I don't think this will be in the same ballpark as Sony at all. Um, And I don't think they'd want to be up there. I mean, I don't think they would have the 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 ip <laughs> to be up there or like the the need um on on the current hardware um so now i don't i don't think this will affect the way sony views their product at all so well one thing i did want to mention real quick before we move off of this um they also acquired a few vr studios that they announced um this Road to VR reports that Meta acquires VR studios behind Iron Man VR, Resident Evil 4 VR, and Wilson's Heart, uh, bringing a total to nine. Hmm. Uh, So that means they got Camouflage, which did the Iron Man VR. They got Twisted Pixel, which we've uh, met those guys and worked with them. I actually met those guys years ago before they ever even got into VR. They were doing like Explosion Man and stuff like that. If I'm thinking of the right company, I think it is. And Armature. Um, So... Those are some interesting pickups and probably good pickups for them. I really wonder, you know, I I assume that we're not going to see another Iron Man VR for PSVR 2. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they put it on another platform, but you would think if they're picking up a platform as a VR developer and a VR hardware maker, they're going to make it exclusive. But maybe they're not as dumb as everybody else and they'll open it up wider. Um. Camouflage also it really bothers me that it's spelled the way it is, uh, with a with a J at the end. But yeah, anyway, okay, let's move on to something else. We got a rumor, rumors about Crash Bandicoot are my favorite things. VGC Video Games Chronicle reports Crash Bandicoot Wumpa League will seemingly be announced at the Game Awards. Previous Crash previous Crash developer Toys for Bob teased a new game in August. It says the long-rumored Crash Bandicoot Wumpa League could be announced at the Game Awards according to media packages that have been sent to press and influencers. The box, which also announced that Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time is coming to Steam on October 18th. That took a long time. I'm surprised how long that took. Has seemingly confirmed that Wumpa League, a game that has been rumored, will be shown later this year. A sticker on the box reads, Hungry for more? Try our new Wumpa pizza for $12.08, which is seemingly a take a reference to the Game Awards, which takes place on December 8th. Toys for Bob teased a new game in August, and the Activision studio tweeted an image, which is viewable below, showing off 17 games that has developed and teasing a mystery 18th title. Uh, boys, I'm always down for more Crash Bandicoot. I've been a, a Crash fan since Crash 1. It was the first game I am positive that I bought with my own money as a child. 
it, I may have bought other games before that. I don't recall, but it is um, probably a lot of that nostalgia that feeds the desire for it for me. And also, I just think they're fun games. Yeah. But Dave, Wumpa League. What could that be? What could Wumpa League be? Sounds multiplayer. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a departure from the um, traditional sort of platforming, really, really hard platforming that we've gotten. But I'm sure it will still have the difficulty because I think that's uh, become a hallmark of the Crash series is whatever game it is, it's, it's it can be really, really difficult. It can be easy, but if you want it to be really, really hard and you want to get all those Wampa Fruits and all that stuff, um, it can be very difficult. So um, just hearing League makes me think it's, it's going to be uh, a multiplayer game. You think it's uh, going to be like the Overwatch League? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've they've done the racing thing. So could this be like a party game or something? Um, could it be? Could it be like Mario Party? Could it well, be an MMO? Thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it could be an MMO, I suppose. I'd ben, fuck with you, that. Ben, do you personally think the whole racing aspect of Crash is done? Do you think we're done for now with that? With well, we only really had CTR. There was another well, Crash, I mean, a Crash um, Kart the, game that wasn't quite up to snuff. The remake, and so I wonder yeah. if. I don't know the numbers on that, but do you, is there any chance we're getting a new iteration of a card game? Well, that was my thought is that league kind of makes me think of racing. It either makes me think of racing or like a FPS. And I kind of doubt we're getting a crash. FPS. Right. I, I would play it. I would absolutely play it. But um, my first thought was the racing. Yeah. So I'd be into that. I mean, I didn't buy the CTR whenever it got remade. Oh my God. I heard it was really good. I played it originally on the PS1, but um, yeah, having more characters and doing more things and having more tracks, I could see it work. You know, you see the success, the attach rate for games like Mario Kart 8 and, you know, just what in a huge, just absolute giant that game is and continues to put maps out yeah. um, and continues to make money from maps. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to get in on that too after seeing the numbers. If they were any good, that is. Right. Um, for the for the remake, which, I mean, they made four, so you'd think the remakes did okay. Yeah, well, the remakes were definitely a test to see if four could be viable. Right. And I don't think four sold. So the narrative right now, and for the last couple of years, has been that four was a bomb. It didn't sell, really, which is not true. If you actually look at the numbers, it sold extraordinarily well. It just had a slower burn, and so probably some of those copies sold at a discount. Sure. But and it definitely sold better than other games of its ilk. But then it was free, and then it was free for a yeah. month. Yeah, for, well, for, month. for PlayStation, yeah. I'm sure they still got a bag for that. But yeah, the um the thing you said, Brandon, that uh got me thinking or i've already been thinking this way you said could it be like a mario party and that like that is what crash could be in my opinion there are so that was, many that, was my, that was my guess you did that was your guess yeah yeah sorry dave okay you give it brandon screw you <laughs> dave congratulations all all of way to glory yes. hog dave <laughs> please uh, i take none of the credit this on mine my thought is that it could be very much like they could do like a Mario-esque thing. It's never going to be as popular as Mario anything, but like, you know, you've got Mario Golf, you've got Mario Strikers, you've got Mario Party, you've got, I don't know, Mario shaves his butt. Like you've got <laughs> everything Mario related and Crash has enough characters involved with it that you could easily do that. And then, you know, Activision and now, you know, soon to be Microsoft has enough properties that they could easily use Crash as like their mascot 
because I'm sorry, Master Chief is not a mascot for a fighting game or a racing game or something like that. But you could put Master Chief in a game where Crash is the is the mascot. Like it just that just sits better in my mind, and I think um, it would work better. But I don't know. It's on. It's it's hard to tell what it'll actually be, but. Uh, I'm always down for more crash as long as they don't mess him up. If they start making him like speak full sentences and stuff, we're burning toys for Bob to the ground. And that's, well, that's the thing. I, I think a bit of a shout out is deserved here because so many times we've seen um, classic franchises be rebooted by not the original developers. And it just, they just can't recapture like that magic and figure out how it works. But toys for Bob seems yeah. to have hit it right on the head. So whatever this turns out to be, I'm sure people are going to be excited about it because Toys for Bob has some, have done such a good job with this franchise thus far. So absolutely, yeah. shout out to them. I have an article here from a website that apparently doesn't exist anymore. But the headline is that the Steam Deck can now be ordered without a reservation and the docking station is now available to order as well. Uh, I saw this end of last week, maybe. Yeah, I think it was in the last week saying basically that like, hey, you don't have to enter into a queue anymore for the Steam Deck. And part of my I mean, part of my reason for not getting a Steam Deck is my lifestyle doesn't really uh, need one. Like I I'm pretty much able if I'm if I have the opportunity to play games, I have the ability to sit down at my uh, computer or in front of my TV with a console or whatever. So like for me, it's just not quite practical enough to spend and I can't get the lower model to, so to spend 600 plus dollars, but I'm wondering, there is a little part of me that's like, well, now that I wouldn't have to wait for one, maybe I want one. <laughs> You're going to make a case. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's the case, but Brandon, I don't know. Steam deck is yeah. pretty cool that they're basically yeah. shipping them out as you order now. Absolutely. Any more desire on your part? Um, no, no, I'd say any sort of um, uh, Steam experience I want to achieve from this point forward will be on a desktop experience. Mm -hmm. I think that it wouldn't make much sense with the current setup I have to go mobile at all. I feel like the Switch was the perfect console for that. And since I've owned my Switch, I've not even like I almost never play handheld anyway. Um, and I think that's the that's the the, the perfect um reason why i don't need one right is you know obviously there i would get much more use out of the steam deck because there's more i'd want to play um and it'd look better and have a better battery probably anyway sure uh but uh yeah it wouldn't be stinky nintendo right right yeah. right so it doesn't make much sense for me um i think that like you said if i was away more often uh -huh. it would make more sense but my lifestyle just doesn't really seem to uh, make that make sense. I, I can't even make it make sense. Let's say that. Right. So Dave steam deck, you do a little, you do a little more traveling for work than Brandon or I do, but not a lot. No. Um, it, it's funny just because of circumstances in my life, like outside of work, I've been kind of moving around a lot more this past year. Uh -huh. Um, and it's funny, the more I play my switch, the more I kind of look at a steam deck and think, I think I could actually get some use and value. The problem is, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm a cheap gamer. I'll admit it. Like if I buy something, I want to buy it at a deep discount. I don't want to pay full price. And the best games on the Nintendo Switch are never on sale. So right. naturally, I end up buying stuff that is not best enjoyed on 
um, the Switch. But you know, I, I've I've in, I can't I'll imagine go- what you're talking about, Dave. You've never <sighs> had an example of a game that was bad on the Switch. Yeah, I know it's it's stupid. It's just dumb. But but I think about it and uh, like I, I've seen people who've gotten the Steam Deck, the the early adopters, and they're showing what the experience is of of cutting edge AAA games handheld, and they work great on the go. And I think that's what I would love because you know the Switch is great for Nintendo games, but sometimes you don't want to play a Nintendo game. You want to play um cyberpunk or you know something like interesting i i, I don't know it's just <laughs> just just to cut in real quick can you imagine cyberpunk on the switch oh it'll happen someday i, I know you. but it'll happen someday but um yeah <laughs> i mean it's me anxiety <laughs> you're right ben like not having this barrier of that reservation system makes it a lot easier and uh i i think this should make people more confident that um you know their their orders are going to get fulfilled and stuff like that so yeah i think the way my life's gone um this is something that could potentially be in, in my future but um i'll go into a little bit more detail on another aspect of that when we get into what we're playing because something oh, interesting okay. happened to me this week well in that case, let's move on. Not to what we've been playing yet, but uh, there was some discussion on Need for Speed. A new game was revealed. Yeah. And I don't remember which one of you it was, and I don't want to attribute it to you for the fear of Dave, you know, needing the power, <laughs> hungry, grab, hey, I said that. Uh, but somebody mentioned they wanted to talk about it, and I literally saw jack shit about it. Sure. Uh, and I don't care because yeah. I'll either play it or I won't. But yeah. Brandon, or wait, which one of you wanted to talk about it? Dave, why don't you take it away? Go ahead. Well, for the record, we both did. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Need for Speed is uh, it's it's something near and dear to Brandon's heart. So um, I'll just kind of introduce it, and then Brandon, I, I'm curious to hear what you think sure. about it. But uh, Need for Speed Unbound. This was first. Uh, I don't know if it was leaked or officially announced first. Yeah, it was leaked. Um, it was leaked. Um, so Need for Speed is coming in the beginning of December of this year. So we don't have to wait too long for it. Um, The first thing that kind of jumped out to me about this game was it is launching. um, I I, I meant to go back and double check this, but it's launching on PS5, PC and Xbox Series X. I saw nothing about Series S, which I thought was interesting. Um, That is really interesting. Yeah. No PS4 either. Nope. Nope. It was it was it was catch that for next gen again i need to go back and kind of cooperate that before uh, edwin castillo corrects us but uh (laughs) need for speed unbounded it it, i think we're giving him power every time we say (laughs) this it looks great like it's it's doing this weird thing with like um visual aesthetics around your car where it's it it's it's like a photorealistic sort of game it's not cartoony or anything like that but it has these like comic book esque like effects that pop out around your car that you can kind of mess with um it's an open world game um it's it's looks like it takes place a lot at night um and uh, i think it takes place in like a place called lakefront or lakeside lakeshore i think it was called um but yeah i mean i i looked at this and i saw the video that came out today from ea and uh, it's a short video not very long but it does show gameplay and i thought um this could fill a nice little like spot in between um, the sim racers of Forza Motorsport and Gran Turismo and the arcade stuff that we've grown to love, such as Forza Horizon, because Need for Speed is a special place in a lot of people's hearts. 
And I think they do something a little bit differently where it's not just fun with cars, but it's more cool with cars. Um, I don't know if I'm really explaining that right, but Need for Speed, you know, with the Underground series always kind of did that well. And based on what I've seen with this first trailer, it looks like they're trying to make something that is um, cool and interesting and, and, and innovative, but also sort of true to the roots and what everybody loved with underground. So, um, yeah. Brandon, I'm curious to think what you thought of, again, we don't have a whole lot of details, sure. but what we've seen so far. No, I found the trailer to be pretty interesting. You guys are just going to have to watch it. If you're interested to see what he means by the graphics, it is almost like comic book esque. You described it personal perfectly, Dave. I wouldn't have even thought about that, but you're exactly right. It's like, uh, what's the Spider-Man movie? The Miles Morales one. It's kind of like that. I feel like when something happens, like a graphic comes off the side that's like some crazy wacky color. It is very cool. Um, I was a little thrown off by it at first because I wasn't sure if that was a part of the trailer, but because it persisted throughout the entire thing and some of the gameplay it looked like had that in it, it makes me think that it will be in addition to the game. Look kind of interesting visually, not like anything we've seen from them in the past exactly. Um, I will say Need for Speed has always rode this line of strange campaign experiences. Um, the past couple have been different time over time again. I mean, for a while they were doing almost like a movie cast, like it was actual people on the screen. And then the animation was weird and it, the campaign and the acting and everything has never been at the forefront. It's always been kind of like there and the cars were the, the main focus, but, this is even stranger because correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but it looked like the cars themselves, right? Everything around the world is real, but the people in the world only are like Fortnite characters, which was really strange. So, so everything else around them, like the cars they walk out of might have like a cool graphic coming off it or something, but then they step out of the car. I'm pretty sure it was ASAP Rocky with the guy in the trailer. It was his song. He looks like a Fortnite character. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. I don't mind the blending of styles, but like everything being very realistic and shiny and beautiful. And then the characters looking just like so drastically different kind of threw me off a little bit. I'm not saying it can't look cool, but some of the choices they've made in the past have kind of thrown me off with how they tell stories in these games. So I'm not expecting a whole lot from that. Um, but it does look like a return to form kind of. Um, we had Payback, which was very, very arcadey. Um, there was not a lot of emphasis on like actually caring about car parts. That was the one. I don't know if you played it, Dave, but there was literally a roulette system to determine what kind of car part you got. It was literally like gambling um, to get to get like an exhaust or something. It's very strange. I feel like that was one of the low points um, for the whole series, but. I'm hoping that this is good. I was not expecting a Need for Speed this year. Getting this announcement so close to the launch is a little strange. Yep. But you saying that potentially last gen got cut out actually gives me a tiny bit of hope. I'm hoping we'll get the best Need for Speed we've had yet. Hopefully it'll be truly next gen. Um if it's a little artsy in some ways, maybe won't, we won't even need to worry too much about performance, but I'm glad they've hopefully made the dedication uh, to next gen. And uh, that's always my strategy too. I try to be a little artsy and not have to worry about performance. <laughs> right. <laughs> pretty much. Um, but 
it looks cool. I don't know. The trailer was very strange. I'm not going to lie. I need to watch it again because the first time I watched it, I was very thrown off by like the art choice and stuff. Um, but it can be cool. I wish we would have saw more. I'm sure in the next month, we'll probably get a gameplay trailer and that'll kind of give us a better idea. But um, I'm going to talk about it later, but I have been playing more car games recently. So this actually is perfect. Like my interest has already peaked um, to be driving cars. So I guess we'll see. I don't know. I feel like they just put heat out uh, on PlayStation Plus and I was playing that some more and it just reminded me of how much I love these games. Um, I don't know if you caught Dave, but I'm assuming based on the trailer, this will be another one where we have police because I feel like prior to, you know, the past couple years, I mean, there's been police more recently, but not every Need for Speed game has police. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It looks cool. Um, I'm hoping it's 60 and not 70. I'd, I'd be a little bit happier about that. But if it's next gen, um, it'll probably be the $70 yeah, price tag. So, at that point. yeah, we'll see. Um, I'd be in for a new arcade experience. They have been kind of the pioneers of that for years and years. Uh, I have been more into The Sims recently, playing more Forza. I'm going to talk about it later. Played GT. So it is a nice departure. Do you make from them that. get naked? Oh, yeah. The Sims. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Brandon. we'll see, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's it. You were done. That's it. I wanted to throw this next one to you briefly. And, of course, Dave, you're welcome to comment. But we got a little uh, news slash rumors about Call of Duty for 2025. Now, we already know that Treyarch will make the 2024 Call of Duty. But Call of Duty 2025 will be a sequel to Advanced War- Warfare. Developed by Sledgehammer Games, everyone's very favorite <laughs> Call of Duty developer. And I just want you to sound off and tell us what you think. Uh, I think that we're going to see some new things from Call of Duty. I think that this year has been a huge changing point for them. Obviously, taking the year break is going to be a lot different. I'm interested to see how the extra time impacts the next two cycles. Yeah. Um, I think that Reading that, I thought that after Modern Warfare, the one that's coming out at the end of the month, it was going to be Sledgehammer. I didn't catch that Treyarch would be in there beforehand. Right. So we'll just to clarify for the audience, we'll have Modern Warfare 2 this year, nothing next year. Then we'll have um, a Call of Duty by Treyarch the following year, so and, in 2024. And then Sledgehammer. And then Sledgehammer, okay. which, you know, it makes sense. That's the third, right. you know. And well, there's an insanely loud vehicle outside. Yeah, fucking motorcycles, man. Just we talking about Need for Speed. There you go. Yeah, seriously. So they here. were like 30 <laughs> seconds too late. I fucking love that game. Um, no, this actually makes perfect sense now that you put it out like that because Vanguard was Sledgehammer. Right. Um, I feel like they've had a bit of a rocky time since getting introduced in the triplet of studios. Yeah. Um, I will say of all the games to continue, Advanced Warfare probably wouldn't be up there. Um, I'm intrigued by the idea of Advanced Warfare, but having had played the first one, maybe it's the Kevin Spacey, maybe it's something else, but that's not very exciting for me at all. Um, And I guess how the next two play out will really determine how I think that one will, but... I don't know. I've been so mum about their past couple. I know, Dave, you've been hot on Vanguard, but I really 
cannot seem to mesh with Sledgehammer when they put out a game. I almost always finish the campaigns. And World War II, the one that they put out prior to Vanguard, um, couldn't even finish the campaign. Really? I, I, I could not bring myself to even finish it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe people love Sledgehammer way more than I do. But what do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's it's so hard to to predict and um it's i don't know how activision does it because they they literally have to make a decision now what they think gamers are going to want in three years because it takes that long to build and and craft these games um and if if this is true all i can assume they're thinking is by the end of um, you know, the next Call of Duty, so not Modern Warfare 2, but I'll call it Modern Warfare 3 for now. People are going to be tired again of the boots on the ground movement physics and want advanced movement physics back, which um, when we think about that, we think about advanced warfare and infinite warfare, and that is like not a good thing to think about. But in reality, those move- movement physics were really quite polarizing in the Call of Duty um, community. So there are people who really like those movement physics. And you look at something like um, Apex Legends, people love that game and there is advanced movement physics in that. So um, I could see it happening. I, I, I can say with certainty that one of the reasons Vanguard did not succeed was because of the setting. People are really just tired of World War II. Um, so I, I I really don't think we're going back to World War II. Um, so where else do you go? I mean, you can't go too far in the future because then you just get way too crazy and way too sci-fi. So um, this is the only logical step to make. Um, and I don't think it's that big of a deal because I think after two years of Modern Warfare 2 and what, again, I'm calling Modern Warfare 3, I think we'll want something a little bit more refreshing. How do you work that into Warzone, though? There's so many questions that come out of this. So Right. Um, that was, obviously, they went to, from three different timelines for the current Warzone between Modern Warfare 2, uh, Black Ops, and Vanguard. That's three different times uh, timelines you went with obviously coming with three different types of weapons and it just destroyed Warzone. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, or my perspective and probably many other people's perspectives as well. So it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, I would assume that Treyarch will do some new Black Ops. If yeah. I had to guess, we'll probably end up getting a Black Ops. But here's my say. question is, at one point they said that all of these little, you know, the smaller developers underneath Activision were going to be basically, you know, a lot of them were going to be support studios for Call of Duty. And then Microsoft comes in and, you know, they announce their intention to acquire Activision as a whole. And they say they're going to reverse some of that. So my question is, you know, are we going to see future Call of Duties have a more robust system because obviously they're going to put some of them on support. I mean, at least to some extent or send some people over there or whatever, but there was a little brief time period there where we had other people working on games and presumably on sledgehammers title. Cause it is far enough away that they were already, they've already started work on that game. I think definitely. they, I think they already do have a dedicated support only studio. Well, they do. They Raven. have several. Yeah. Raven, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm wondering if we are going to see, 
like they they thought they were gonna get all this extra support and then it was stripped they you know there's the illusion or at least the intention that some of it's gonna be stripped away I'm curious to see how that actually plays out well, how I many mean, of those how much of that workforce gets diverted there's still an opportunity for them to let sledgehammer do their thing for two years look at it and then decide if they want to can it or not what i was really hoping would come out of this two-year call of duty cycle that we're getting in 2024 2023 is something that looked more like what destiny is doing where um you know in 2023 we get like a year or two call of duty and this is what it looks like and maybe you have to pay 20 bucks to access some new content or just stick with what you have and and it would sort of be like a living breathing thing i know that's kind of what we have with warzone but um clearly they're still making a lot of money with annual call of duty releases so i don't think that's going to happen but i still think it's a possibility where um sledgehammer is going to get you know a couple years to put something um compelling together and if activision decides it isn't then maybe we don't have a call of duty in 2024 and we're back to or sorry 2025 and you know maybe we're looking at something a little bit more iterative because it seems to be working for Bungie, um, right? But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Boys, let's talk about what we've been playing. Brandon, we're going to kick it off with you this week. Sure, sure. I um, been playing some Overwatch. Oh, finally, uh, sorry, finally, do you finally. Mean, do you mean Overwatch Two? Overwatch. Well, it's the same thing. <laughs> um, but no, I finally managed to get in. It seems as if um, I've cooled down a little bit from last week. Yeah, let's say that. I'm still not incredibly happy with everything, but am trying to see what it has to offer now that I am actually able to make it through the queues. <laughs> right. So um, whatever they did, uh, you know, a couple of days after launch, abysmal launch, let's just say very, very bad all around. Um, even in spite of everything, I will not take back anything I said about last week. Sure. Um, very, very sad. Well, they've continued to have issues. Yeah, it's not. Just, yeah, it wasn't just a launch thing. Everything, everything considered, just, just very, very bad. Um, I saw them announce today that they're giving you a free uh, epic skin and uh, charm for all the hassle. But I guess that's something. But um, very sad launch. Been enjoying it mostly though. Um, I will say I'm not going to take back uh, the hatred for the free-to-play. I feel like working towards nothing uh, because I don't own the Battle Pass, essentially nothing. I have about, you know, what, 10 items that I can unlock for free. Working towards nothing always kind of sucks. Um, You know, there doesn't need to be something for me to have fun playing the game. Imagine playing a game for fun in 2022. (laughs) But... I would like to do something extra with my time other than the absolute pleasure of just playing the game. Right. And I feel like that's just standard nowadays. Um, so you could get that pleasure for $10 though. Well, exactly. So because I am adamantly $5 in Thailand, oh, is it only $5 in Thailand? I'm I, I near. Oh, okay. Are near. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, very displeased with the free-to-play changes. I feel like even though it will be good for most people, the people that have played the game obviously will be the ones noticing the biggest change. Um, so I'm not going to support them like money-wise at all until there's some value for me. Um, and the Battle Pass isn't that right now. It just right. is not. Um, I'll say that the characters, although mostly unchanged... There's been some nice mix-ups. Um, you know, a, a lot of the characters, 
a good portion of them anyway seem to be a little bit different. Um, and the 5v5 initially was very jarring for me, but it's become something that I very much understand why they did not. Yeah. Um, it makes the game surprisingly more fast pace. Um, instead of having two tanks, you only have one. So it's not just a damage squishy fest of just run away, heal, run away, heal, kill the tank, kill two tanks, you know? So, right. Um, like the pacing changes, don't think there's much there. Going to be interested to see how the Halloween event comes out. Uh-huh. Um, if they just do Junkenstein's Revenge, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Please give us something completely new. They've already announced what it's going to be. We just don't know exactly what it's going to be. Um, so... Uh, I'm not holding my breath, but playing with friends has been fun. Yeah. Let's say that. And when I tried to play last week, aside from my issues being able to get in, I was not having fun. So now that I've actually been able to experience it more fully and with a party, I have been having a good time. Well, I'm going to cut in here yeah. real quick because I've also been playing Overwatch too, And that's pretty much since last week. Other than like, you know, my streams with Sea of Thieves, that's been the only thing I've been playing. Yeah. Uh, I might have hopped into something else for like half an hour, but I can't even remember what it was at this point. Oh, I hopped in Call of Duty into Warzone and that was trash. Yeah. But I didn't play Overwatch when it initially came out and I didn't play it at the end. But in the middle there, I don't know, I put somewhere between 60 and 80 hours in. I would love to tell you how many, but... Um, my account has been merged and it showed me with zero hours played, even though I have all the heroes and all of my skin, well, not all my skins, but some of my skins. So I have no idea how long I've actually played the game, but since overwatch two came out, I've probably got 20 hours yeah. already. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot for a week, I guess. But yeah, my machine has pretty much been a work and overwatch machine. And I don't know why, because yeah, it'd been a little while since I played, but I remember and had watched, plenty of stuff and it's not that much different it's overwatch one and a quarter it's not even one and a half in my opinion and but what i will say is just like the the energy around it has reinvigorated my desire to play and yeah i'm just having a good time and overwatch when it is good is is it the best and when the the cracks start showing it is the worst yeah and when you have a good team it there's nothing like it when you have a, a team that you of people you know and that you have played with even if you only have a partial team it's a lot of fun but when you have a bad team it's just abysmal and uh anyway so yeah i've been playing a good bit and uh i tend to be a damage main but i'm starting to diversify and try to play everybody a little bit more uh i don't i this is like this is like early overwatch one talk but it's funny because i don't like all the characters, even if I like that class, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it does make sense because that's how a lot of people feel about Overwatch. But I find myself being like, wow, I'm really good with this character all the time. And then other characters, I can just not get my mind around them. And then there's ones in between where I'm like, well, that time I seem to really get it. And then the, the next time I fat finger every <laughs> button and right. just, you know, the, the left click barely worked for me. So Anyway, I'm having a grand old time with Overwatch, and I'll probably stick on it for a while until probably until Call of Duty comes out, honestly. And uh, then that'll be a whole thing. But I'm just surprised because I was not even last week when we talked about it, I was not at all enthused about Overwatch 2 or Overwatch in general. And now I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to play some Overwatch. Yeah. And once again, still enjoying what's there. Yeah. 
but I think we would have a different tune if Call of Duty came out at the beginning of this month. Yes. I'm confident that I would probably have played a couple hours of Overwatch by now. If anything else that was interesting to me was out, right. I probably wouldn't be playing this. Yeah. And that isn't completely a testament towards the game, but it kind of is. Right. <laughs> because it's not that new. It's just still decent after all these years. Um, just the value is not there, but it is free. So that's, that's the justification. But I will say one other thing about it that I completely forgot. That's actually a huge negative um, is they've taken out two characters permanently until they're able to fix them. Bastion had a game breaking bug where he had unlimited airstrikes, which is his new, um yeah <laughs> ultimate so which some, like he wasn't powerful enough to begin right with. so for yeah. some reason him and torbjorn even though torbjorn wasn't the problem are now taken well, out torb is only out for competitive really okay yeah i didn't realize far, that. i mean i might be wrong but i played against him last night so. but so two things about that one they've already had to pat like fully patch out characters that yeah. have had exploits um or partially um and two i'm seeing many 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 reports i wondered if you had this issue obviously not ben there are original Overwatch players, it seems to only be affecting, who have, me personally, it's happened to me and Lauren, Yeah. more than half of my roster is permanently locked now. So it happens to me unless I log out and back in a couple times. See, because I, cra- I crashed my app like five or six times last night. It did yeah. nothing. And I saw in the forums a lot of people yes. saying it was like a lot of people. Which is just absolutely abysmal, like... Not only are you going to take away Overwatch 1 and then give us Overwatch 1 in the quarter, but you're also going to take away the things we actually physically purchase. Right. And I know it's just a glitch, but it's an unacceptable glitch in my opinion. Well, completely, because, you know, I I was literally playing last night and, you know, there's some hard counters, right, to characters, but it's like literally half of the characters, not even the ones that were broken. Right. Um, I could not access because of some sort of bug that's happening to many, many people. So I wanted to counter something that the other team was specifically doing to me. And I literally only had a couple options. So very, very rocky launch Um, seems to be cooling down. At least you can get into games, but I've had problems even then. It's a, it's a mess. So it's still fun. Yeah. It's been fun for the time being, but what else, Brandon? I guess we'll see. Um, playing Forza again. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I've been in this. I've been in this lull, just desperately trying to find something to entertain myself. And thank God Forza has been there. I've considered picking up the Hot Wheels DLC, but decided that I would continue to do some of the types of races that I didn't finish the first time. Wasn't more of a street race type slash sprint race kind of guy. You know, I yeah. want to be on the pavement, but there's a lot of rally and off-road experiences that I didn't fully finish when the game first uh, first came around. So been doing that and uh, just want to double down on Forza being infinitely better uh, than any other racing game that's on the market, just period, um, especially Horizon, in my opinion. Yeah. So um, yeah, just bravo to them. Uh, I've gotten tons of free cars, even though I don't have live. Um, just very satisfying and very rewarding. Every time I log in, um, I feel like there is some reason to continue playing that game. It just yeah. it just rewards you very well. Sure. Um, you know, every level up, having the chance of getting a free car, 
Um, it's exhilarating every time. It is kind of like gambling. I get it's a loot box, but it's every single level. But you're not buying them. Yeah, and it's every level. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think they do it really, really well. Um, in fact, it's so well that games like Need for Speed Heat, which was that recent PlayStation Plus one, they completely changed the way the whole game looks. Like, I swear to God, it copies beat for beat. I don't know if you guys played it when it originally came out, but they made all of the menus and everything look exact like the transitions. It looks like a Forza game. Yeah. So, you know, imitation, they're obviously copying the greats and props to them. But um, yeah, Forza's great. I probably will get the Hot Wheels DLC at some point just because I enjoyed it so much the first time yeah. uh, they did that. In the four. Yeah. But... We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Brandon, I thought of one other game I played this week. What's that? It was Grounded. But I played it Whoa. with Dave. And I'm going to send it over to Dave to talk about. And I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, okay. Um, grounded. Uh, ben, you and I played for, I think it was about two and a half hours earlier. Uh, or it was last Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. Um, this is a game that has been out for a while, but it just released in 1.0 like two or three weeks ago. So a lot of people have been talking about it. So I was thinking about it and uh, I reactivated my um, Xbox Game Pass subscription and, what a and jumped in. Who doesn't just have Game Pass all the time, whether you use yeah, it or not? I, I haven't had my Xbox plugged in in a while just because <laughs> of, again, moving around and stuff. But yeah. Um, I was just going to jump in on my own, but I, I had heard that it is one of those games that is best experienced in co-op. So uh, I messaged uh, the group and uh, two people blocked me, but one pe- person said, <laughs> hey, I'll play with you. Uh, so yeah, you and I played for about two and a half hours. And um, I, so Ben, I went back and played after. So okay. I'd be curious for you to kind of quickly give give your... Oh, wow. So you played without me because you hate me. No, I just, anyways, I'll I'll go into more detail about that. (laughs) Yeah, so I like crafting games and I like survival and all that kind of stuff. And so Grounded on Paper seems like it should be for me. And it might be, but the early goings on in that game, I think, Dave, the problem was you and I were progressing through the story for what what it's worth uh, too quickly. And we were just getting demolished and constantly losing all of our gear and everything else like that. Um, I really like the vibe of the game where it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids kind of thing. But the uh, I will say the dialogue is a little cringy for me at times. But that's just, you know, it, it goes without saying. It's surprising to me that Obsidian made this game, but it's also not once you uh, actually get into playing it. So I was getting really frustrated because, Dave, we were just dying over and over. But I think that's because we were rushing it. And I have a feeling based on the nod you're giving me that that's exactly what was happening. Well, sort of. So... I went back and I I started the game from the beginning um, and I just spent like the first two hours just like taking it very slow crafting like I made a whole lot more armor and I got better weapons. I didn't go nearly as far as you and I tried to go Uh and um, it was a lot more enjoyable. But um, when I finally had what I thought I needed to go and hit that next sort of chapter checkpoint which has you going pretty far from like your safe zone um i got stuck again um this is a game where you can get stuck easily and you just kind of need to save scum to a point where you can kind of restore to a point where you can back up and and sort of not get stuck 
Um, but the, I don't know, the combat is a little bit sort of hit or miss and stuff. Just the difficulty curve is weird, but you know, if, if, if you're into like survival games and collecting stuff and crafting like Minecraft, then this is worth checking out, especially if you're already on game pass. Um, I personally don't think the experience is all that different playing solo or co-op. So don't let, you know, the fact that you might just be playing on your own get out in the way. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to play more of it because um, I did really enjoy the parts where I wasn't stuck, where I was just kind of crafting. And it's a really cool world. It's not post-apocalyptic. It's not war. It's not anything like that. Like, it's literally just a really interesting backyard. And, you know, you're the size of an ant. Um, So, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I think I'm going to play some more. Um, I can tell you, I don't want all those giant spiders in my backyard. I don't care how small they really are. They're still too big for me. I was telling Ben when we started playing there, that game actually has an arachnophobia mode where you can turn the spiders off. Like they're still there as enemies, but they look different because like spiders in this game are your absolute like arch enemy. They're 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 bad. Like they will just swoop in out of nowhere and one shot you and mosquitoes are really bad too. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and as I said, I want to play more. Um, the other thing I played this week a little bit was uh, I was away again this weekend, uh, but I didn't take my Switch or any of my consoles with me. Um, but I had uh, I had something else with me, which is my mobile device. Oh, um, shit, some Candy Crush. Yeah, I, 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 I've been coming on the show for a while, and I've been telling you guys that mobile is is the future. You know, we got to play some more mobile games. Uh, so. I don't remember that. That's weird. <laughs> I, uh, I downloaded and installed uh, Diablo Immortal. Um, oh, nice. And yeah, I, I took a second mortgage on my house, so yeah. I, I've hit the end game. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I actually I haven't paid anything for it. Um, I'm, I'm only like two and a half, three hours in, but it's it's really nice to have um, what feels like a very premium Diablo experience in my pocket. Um, it's free. Um, it's easy to download. It's easy to jump into. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the Diablo series, just about, you know, 30 or so hours with Diablo three, but it felt really good. And it felt just like, you know, Diablo three did. Um, one thing that normally turns me off with mobile games is, is not being able to see like 30% of the screen because your fingers are in the way. Um, that obviously is still the case, but I think they've kind of set up the control control scheme really well where, um, you know, your, your thumbs aren't all over the place. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice experience. I'm enjoying it. I, I don't think it's something I'm going to be spending hours in, but if I'm just kind of hanging out somewhere and, uh, I'm not at home, it's something I'm going to pick up and play probably. Um, the one thing I was missing is I, I recall from Diablo three, um, the game sort of rewarded you from exploring a little bit. Um, because you know, you'd have the fog of war over the map and you'd have your critical path, Um, but you could kind of venture off a little bit and you might find like a cave or a dungeon or like an underground cellar that might have, you know, an extra chest or something. Obviously with this being a mobile game, it doesn't have the ability to be that expansive, but it is something I'm kind of missing from this. Um, that just isn't possible on a mobile game, but otherwise, um, yeah, it's good. I don't find the, the microtransactions to be as heinous as I was hearing about, but again, I'm not at end game. I'm not at the grind phase yet. I'm just sort of having fun with the early game stuff. So that was my experience too, Dave, is that I, I really enjoyed what I played, but I didn't really play it to the point where people were saying that the microtransaction stuff was egregious. So I can't 
just like you can't 100 comment on it but the experience up to that point and i probably played it between pc and mobile uh, i think I, I i use my ipad my iphone and my pc to play and up to about i don't know 10 to 15 hours in that game i had a great time but then i was just done with it because i'm like i'm just ready for a new diablo game i don't i don't need this one right right yeah yeah no it's good it's it's free how can you go wrong yeah sure all right i think that's it boys it's been a pleasure as always yeah brandon you look like you're about to die <laughs> seriously you just I'm, like i'm i'm mad chilling dog all right all right as long as we're all good uh, don't forget, support us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash handsomephantom. More importantly, maybe uh, jump into the Discord over at handsomephantom.com slash Discord. We'd love to hang out with you there. And until next week, we'll see you later. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support. Wormhat, Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Derek O.